0: Oh yeah, so good to be back. What's good everyone? My name is Orlando Sanchez. We've got Jared Cowley on my right, Nate Hansen on my left, Max Barr on the 1s and 2s, and this is KGW's 3 on 3 Blazers. Guys, the Blazers made me look like a fool last week. Oh, did they? 3 and 0 is what I thought. Oh, then. Yeah. Jared, I think you can relate to those predictions.
1: Yes, I also picked them to go 3 and
2: 0 wow. and I looked like a damn fool. <laughs> such a shame, man. I feel bad for you guys. I feel a little bit less like a fool because at least I said they would lose one game. <laughs> but, but all of us are fools for Monday because we all said – we all talked about how it would be – I think we all did. At least I did. We mm-hmm. talked about how it was going to be a blowout and they are just going to crush the Warriors. And then – uh, doomsday happened, and luckily we've had a couple days to kind of let that information settle in our heads and gain a little bit of perspective before we did this podcast.
0: And yeah, I, they, they even set the table, man, with the 76ers game. Yeah. I mean, they blew a 21-point lead. We all think Anthony's going to be the hero of yeah. this game. And we've got some random guy bearing a three from the corner. Korkmaz. Oh, my gosh. At home, they're 0-2, as 0-2, you predicted. Two, as I said. During the
1: game, the Philly game, I'm watching. <laughs> I'm watching on tape delay with my son, and I get a text from Nate, and he asked me if I'm watching live, and I said, no, I'm I'm, a, I'm in the third quarter. I'm a little bit behind. So he responds and says, in a few Or in a little bit, you're going to know why I'm texting you, LOL. So I'm (laughs) at that moment, I am thinking there's no way this game goes wrong because, as much as Nate likes to give me a hard time, he wouldn't text LOL if you know with what that result ended up being. (laughs) So the entire time I'm watching the game, even as they built that 21 point lead and they're giving it away, I'm thinking it's good, they're going to win. Nate spoiled it for me. And it's probably Anthony Simons because he wouldn't text me about anything else. <laughs> and then Simons hits the three, and I'm like, that is the most amazing thing ever. And then Korkmaz hits the three, and I'm like, what the hell, Nate?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so for some background and context as to why the LOL came in was I texted Jared after the Simons shot, mm-hmm. which was easily my best favorite Blazers moment since dames three to send Oklahoma city packing and the cork shot hadn't happened yet. I was like pretty much every other Blazers fan assumed, Oh, this game's over. Yeah. They're not going to give up a three here at the end. And then they did. And I didn't want to be like, right. Send him another text and be like, Oh, and then just totally ruined the game for him. So I was like, you know what? Just let this one ride. Let's see how it rolls here. And, uh, that defeat ended up I think being a little more crushing for Jared than it would have been if I hadn't, uh, tease that a very good thing happened for the Blazers
0: yeah man I I decided to go down to the Moda Center uh after I was done with our sportscast here at KGW and I'm like oh this is gonna be great we'll talk to the guys we'll get awesome sound you know everybody on Twitter will love to catch up and hear what all the guys had to say and as I'm driving down there I'm listening to the broadcast and I'm like oh no (laughs) this is not bad I get there just in time uh to see Anthony drill the shot Motor center is going crazy. Everyone's taking selfies. You know, it's like party atmosphere. I it was crazy to feel just the pendulum swing in the other direction and all the air in the building just get let out. It was insane.
2: It was just completely unexpected. You thought, "Holy crap, here's mm-hmm. our first Anthony Simons' moment." Mm-hmm. That's what I guarantee everyone in that mm-hmm. building yep. was He's thinking. arrived. Yep. He's arrived. This is his first moment. What a great win against a team who could potentially win the Eastern Conference and then two seconds later it was all gone.
0: So the 76ers game, a total bummer. Uh, the Golden State game, an embarrassment. Yes. But you yeah. also have a whole other side of things with Zach Collins and the announcement that he's out for at least four months and what looks like even longer because that's when he's going to be reevaluated yeah. uh, with uh, shoulder surgery. You guys is initial reactions now that we know that it's official and they're not going to have Zach Collins.
2: Uh, go ahead,
1: Jared. I'm going to have to take a mulligan The last <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> week. I've been, I've been thinking and dreading this all week. Last week I said it wasn't that they were going to be able to get through Collins' injury, even if it was a long-term injury. Mm. And I talked about one of the reasons why is because they had a savvy veteran who could fill some of those minutes in Anthony Tolliver.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: none of that has worked out. Anthony Tolliver is still not hitting his shots. He has not played well. He's been really bad on defense. He's not rebounding the ball. And you've seen one of the Blazers' biggest weaknesses is that power forward spot. And they haven't been able to find a player who can fill that role, at least at this point. So I got to take a mulligan. I was wrong about Tolliver. I was wrong. I think that the Collins injury is a really big deal for the Blazers.
2: Yeah, uh, without giving too much away, because I know at least during our questions, I'm going to get into it a little bit. But yeah, it's a very big concern for Portland and a huge blow to their championship aspirations.
0: I was with you, Jared. Um, I undervalued Zach and I was on the fence uh, about that question last week. And it turned out to be a really good question and answer segment on the pod. But um, yeah, you're seeing it come to reality that not having Zach is a really big deal.
1: Yeah, it affects them on both ends of the court, and it's is—it's a huge deal.
0: All right, so you guys all know the drill. There's three of us, there's three questions, and we've got three answers. You can find those on KGW.com. And today, we're also going to switch this thing up a little bit. What? Yeah, we're adding another layer to this thing. We have your questions, and then, of course, everyone's favorite game. Rip it. Yeah there, was, yeah,
2: there were some fire questions, too, from some of the I, I loved it, here. man. The, so this is going to be a fun one. We
0: got smart questions, and we got funny ones, and yes. <laughs> it's, it's a nice mixed bag. I love it. Um, so just shout out to everybody who participated, um, and we'll get to those in just a moment. But we're going to start with us yeah. and question number one, which is, what is the biggest problem for the Blazers uh, that they're dealing with right now, and can it be fixed?
2: I'm going to take the lead on this one because I'm going to go with what we were just talking about in Zach Collins. And while Jared uh, last week, you talked about how you thought they could survive a long term injury. And Orlando, you said you were on the fence. I was on the opposite side mm-hmm. of Jared. I thought if he was out for a significant amount of time, it was a big blow to the Blazers because I didn't think they have anyone on the roster who can fill what he does, his versatility, offensively and defensively, being able to protect the rim, score at the rim, while also guard on the perimeter and knock down outside shots and just rebound and compete like a big man. And so far, Anthony Tolliver's been the one who's been called upon to fill that role. And as Jared talked about earlier... It, it just hasn't been there for the Blazers. I mean, Zach Collins' net rating through three games, it was plus 13.1. Now, that was unsustainable. That was not going to happen all year. But it showed Mm-mm. the ceiling he had and the type of impact he brought to the Blazers in that starting lineup. Anthony Tolliver's net rating in the four games he started has been minus three. So just that shows right there the mm-hmm. difference between those two and the type of production you're getting from there. Now you've got Scals giving you some good minutes, but there's no one on the roster right now who can fill what Zach Collins can do. And the Blazers have talked about, you know, we think we're, right now we're just going to ride with what we have in-house, wait for Pau Gasol to come back. Hopefully he can provide a lift when he's able to return. But honestly, I don't think they have anyone in-house. And it's not just Collins individually. It's the starting lineup. When Collins was in the starting lineup, the, their plus minus was plus 7.7. 7. Mm. With Tolliver, it's minus 0. 0.8. Ouch. The net rating with Collins in the starting lineup was plus 25, with Tolliver minus 0. 0.6. Those are Ouch. significant. Yeah. That's a wide gap for the fill. Man, they had a good fill. thing going there. And I can't, because Collins was one of my biggest concerns going into the year, but he played so well that I was pretty much already, my concerns for the most part were washed away in three games. Well, you
0: even said. Collins is going to make or break this team. He was like your big X factor in our preseason. I I think
2: you can make the argument that outside of Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, Zach Collins is the most impact going into the season. Zach Collins was the most impactful player for the Blazers, just in terms of everything he brought to you. He wasn't necessarily your third best player, but just of all the different skill sets he brought. And honestly, I don't know how the Blazers are going to replace it. They have Terry Stotts is obviously a great coach. He's going to tinker with rotations to try mm-hmm. to figure this out. But I have a hard time believing that the Blazers have someone right now who can help fill that void.
1: Hard to disagree. Um, I think that the reason I considered injuries and I considered you know, its impact on the power forward position, but injuries, they're not really anything the Blazers can control, so I kind of went away from that. I think that with the power forward position, I don't think there's anything – They can do about it right now. I don't think they have a player on their roster that can fill that spot effectively. And I don't think there's any free agent out there right now that they can go sign that will help. I do think once December 15th gets here and they can start exploring the trade market, there are good power forwards who I think are going to be available. So I think they can rectify this at some point, but not not for at least another month or so. Um, for me, the biggest problem with the Blazers right now, their offense is, is pretty good, and I think it can get better. It's ranked 7th or 8th in the NBA right now, and I think that they still have room to grow. The problem is their defense. They rank 21st or 22nd in the league, and even if you have a really good offense, if your defense is that bad, at best you're going to be about a 500 team. The biggest problem with the Blazers right now with their defense is one, they're fouling too much 2 They're not rebounding the ball. Well, and three, they're not forcing turnovers. The interesting thing about the blazers is they're doing a pretty good job of actually defending shot attempts. They rank 12th in opponent effective field goal percentage, and that's good. That's fine. But the problem is they're giving up a lot of, they're giving their opponents, a lot of extra opportunities because they send their opponents to the free throw line a lot. They don't rebound the ball, so you're know you getting extra opportunities with offensive rebounds, and they don't force turnovers. They're not going to force turnovers. That's not what Stotts' defensive system creates. But I think that they can fix the foul situation. Right now, if you look at who's fouling a lot for the Blazers, there are two main culprits. It's Scalabissier, who's averaging about 7 per 36 minutes, and it's Kent Bazemore, who's averaging about 6 per 36 minutes. I think both of those guys are trying too hard. And I think that, that that foul rate's going to come down. Right now, they rank 28th in you know opponent field goal attempt percentage. So that has to get better. The rebounding, I'm more concerned about. Rebounding affects everything. The Blazers aren't rebounding the ball well defensively, so you're giving extra opportunities to your opponent. But they're also not getting offensive rebounds, so that's hurting their their offense. And I think that it's a problem with their roster right now. I don't think they have... You look at, for example, their starting lineup, they have three below average uh, rebounders in their starting lineup. Dame's a good rebounder for a point guard, and and Hassan Whiteside is obviously one of the better rebounders in the league. But you've got CJ, who's not a good rebounder at shooting guard. You've got Rodney Hood, who's well below what he should be for a a starting small forward. And then they have nothing at power forward. I don't think you can take CJ or Rodney Hood out of the starting lineup. They're too valuable to the offense. But I think that it's time to end the Anthony Tolliver experiment. The problem is, like you said, they don't have a lot of good options. Yeah. Mario Hazonia is actually the team's second leading rebounder. He's averaging about six and a half rebounds per game. So maybe he's the best option there. He's hitting his threes right now too, shooting about 41%. So maybe Stotch rolls with him. I think Scalabissiere is a really interesting option. I think he's playing really good basketball right now. If you look at his per 36 stats, he's averaging 18 points, 11 rebounds, and three blocks per 36 minutes. I think that he kind of... He can stretch the floor theoretically, he's a pretty good offensive player, and he can defend in space not as well as Zach Collins, but but better than some other players. So I would love to see him get an opportunity maybe to start a power forward and get 20, 25 minutes per game. But there's a catch with Scal. I don't know if you guys have heard this reporting, but he's not an option at power forward, at least for the time being. Have you noticed that he has only played at yes. center? Yes. The reason for that, according to Mike Richman, he's a host of uh, Locked on Blazers, and he works for NBC Sports Northwest as well. As well. He was talking to Scott LeBissierre and Labissiere told him he does not know the plays at power forward. He only knows the plays at center. So that's the reason he's only been playing center this season. I don't know how long it takes to learn that chapter of the playbook, but if he could, I think the Blazers really need him to be able to expand his role beyond just backup center minutes. Because I'd love to see him at least get a shot in that starting lineup, give them a little more size, give them rebounding. He's been a really good rebounder this season. But at this point, it doesn't seem like it's an option.
0: I love all the meat that you just gave us there. Uh, I have like so many things that I didn't want to interrupt your <laughs> flow on. Uh, but one with, with Scalabesier, I remember even I think as far as last week, you were absolute on... Yeah. Scal not being paired up with Hassan. And uh, th- I, I agree with you. I think th- that at some point, they need to take a chance on that and, and see what's there. But to your point, if he doesn't know the offense, like, you, you can't just throw him out there. Right. He's going to look like a fool. Exactly. Um, but my question for you is, uh, when you touched on, on defensively, there's been so much talk about maybe the, the, the missing of Al Farouk and Mo Harkless. Do you think that that's a direct effect of that? Or do you think it's something else?
1: Yeah, somewhat. I mean, I think that Mo Harkless and Al were were really good defensive players, and Al Aminu was a very good rebounder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the main problem is the power forward position because when Zach Collins was healthy, the defense was fine. Yes. At least with that starting lineup, yes, there were was. some issues with the bench, but the starting lineup was fine. But since Zach Collins has been gone, that starting lineup, like you pointed out, Nate, with your net rating stats, you you gave us. <laughs> It hasn't crazy, been good. Yeah. It hasn't been good at all with Anthony Tolliver. No. He's not rebounding. He's playing bad defense. I was so wrong about him last <laughs> week. So wrong. You sound like me right now, just a complete <laughs> flip flop in a week. That, welcome to
2: the team, Jared.
1: Yeah. I, I, I just I have to be honest with myself. Yeah. I was I was way off. But yeah, so I don't know. They just they don't have they don't have anyone who can fill that role effectively. And yeah. that's a problem. I think it's their defense is going to continue to struggle. If they don't have a legitimate power forward who can play those 28 to 32 minutes that you need it to start there,
0: oh, I 100% agree with you. I think there's like so much really good stuff on this topic alone. So I'm going to try and make my answer um, as quick we, as possible. We could
2: literally do the whole podcast on, yeah, this, one on this one question if because we wanted there, to. there's so many
0: things that you can nitpick yeah. as to why they're three and four right now. Um, and I, I kind of went the Nate route, but not the Zach Collins specific. Answer, but just this team is banged up. Yeah, and you throw the fact that uh, you have six new faces on this roster. You were already going against it. There were already going to be so many growing pains. And I just thought it was hilarious that when I went to tweet the other day, I think it was the 76ers game, I couldn't fit all the injuries in one tweet. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's the situation that that the Blazers are in. And the one thing that was concerning to me that Nate and I were talking about yesterday, and to quote you on here, is that you said not all minutes are created equally. And the type of minutes that Damian Lillard is putting out there this early in the season and with load management being at the forefront of the NBA conversation on social media and and out there with with Kawhi Leonard, it has me thinking, at at least, how long can Damian Lillard sustain these type of heavy minutes that he's playing early, where it's not like he's getting a break, uh, really. I mean, he's in these games and they're... He's having to put the team on his back. And so I think we need to look to players like CJ McCollum to step up right now because he's he's carrying the load, so to speak.
2: And it's not just Dame playing big minutes right now. You mentioned CJ needs to step up and play better, but mm-hmm. he's also playing right. a ton of minutes yeah, right I mean,
0: now. They're both playing more
2: than a couple more minutes per game than their career averages. Mm-hmm. And like my point with yesterday when I told you not all minutes are created equally, like playing in the fourth quarter of a tight game where they're stressful minutes is much different than playing in the third quarter when you're up by 20-25. And the Blazers just, they've had big leads, and they just haven't been able to hold on to them.
0: Almost every single game that fourth quarter, Dame has been in there and having to exude a ton of energy.
2: And we talked about this briefly last week, too, about can Damian Lillard sustain this type of mileage Mm -hmm. and the Blazers get through the season and still have enough in the tank that if they make the postseason, Mm -hmm. they can still be a threat in the playoffs. And I'm... With the minutes he's playing right now, Mm -hmm. I don't see how that's going to be possible. I expect Stotts to make some changes at some point with the rotation, but the reason he's playing Dame and CJ so much is because he needs to for them to win these games. If Dame didn't have big fourth quarters in any of these wins, Mm -hmm. they may lose all three of the games that they've already won.
1: And imagine the situation that Stotts is in. If you have Dame on the bench in the fourth quarter and you're trying to get him <laughs> yeah. those extra minutes rest right. and the lead keeps dwindling or the lead for the you know, the opponent keeps getting bigger, mm-hmm. how long can you just leave Dame on the bench when you know you need him in there? He's in a complete catch twenty two
0: right oh, now, yeah. a difficult spot. And that that's kind of why I mentioned CJ as even though he's, you know, the the leading mileage getter in the <laughs> league for the past couple of years, like his minutes aren't treated the same way that Damien's are treated. You know, like he's got to knock down shots. He's got to step up in clutch moments, take some of that pressure off of Dame. I mean, this is a story that we'll probably talk about a whole lot more throughout the season and we have in seasons of the past. But uh, I'm a little concerned about the uh, amount of work that Dame is having to put through seven games of the season. All right. Question number two. What reasons do the Blazers have for optimism, what? guys? What is <laughs> that yes. word? Yes. What is that? The sun is coming out. What? This is Portland. Portland this is Portland. Right the
2: sun, actually, the sun's <laughs> been out for like two weeks.
0: So who's feeling good? Who wants to take this? Who's feeling optimistic right now?
2: Uh, I'll give it a whirl. Go. Go, Jared. You didn't sound very optimistic <laughs> in your first answer. I want to see how this goes. <laughs> I was not
1: optimistic at all in my first answer. Uh, so let's, let's start with Damian Lillard. That's the obvious answer. He's playing like an MVP right now. Mm -hmm. These stats are unbelievable. 31.3 points, 7.3 assists, 5 rebounds, 1.3 steals, shooting 49% from the field and 40% from three. Unreal. If you want to find a reason for optimism, start there. But I'm going to hop Fully oh. on board. What's happening the here? The Anthony Simon fan oh. oh, man.
2: There it is. Yes. Welcome aboard, my friend. Welcome uh. aboard. I can't wait to hear this. Yeah.
1: Yep. I think this is the most excited <laughs> Nate's been all season. Facts. For someone else to talk, yes. <laughs>
2: yes.
1: <laughs> so He's been so impressive to me. One, he's scoring at a really incredible rate. He's averaging... Almost 10 points per game in just 16 minutes per game. That's unbelievable. He's shooting very efficiently from the field, 53% from the field and 41% from three. And there's just something about the team when he's on the court. It's just, I don't know, he's just a special player. And there's just something about him. One thing that was really interesting to me, and I'm sorry to bring up the Warriors game. Uh Uh-oh. I'm going to. We're supposed to be talking optimism here. (laughs) There was a point during that game when I noticed that the Warriors were trapping Simons the same way you've seen defenses trap Lillard to get the ball out of his hands. That shows an immense amount of respect for how much of a threat he is in that second unit. And that really surprised me. I put this on Twitter a couple of days ago, but it, it, it bears mentioning. In 49 minutes this season, when Lillard and Simons have been on the court together, the Blazers have outscored teams by 25.3 points per 100 possessions. That is Lillard's best net rating with any teammate. Oh,
2: man. Music to my ears, yeah. Jared. Yeah, that is. Listen,
1: guys, Simons isn't just the future. He's good right now. And Ooh. I think Ooh. that Terry Ooh. Stott Ooh. needs to get him more minutes. Huh? And it makes all the sense in the world. And I'm, this isn't my original idea. I'm going to give the credit to Jason Quick yeah. for this. But if you took... We've talked about how Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum are playing too many minutes. Take three minutes from Damian Lillard. Take three or four minutes from C.J. McCollum. Give those to Anthony Simons. Get his minutes up from 17 per game up to 23, 24, 25, and you're, you're, you're solving two problems, three problems at once. And I just, if you want a reason for optimism, what we've already seen from Anthony Simons and what could still be to come is is a great reason to be optimistic.
2: Oh man, that's going to be the best answer you have all <laughs> season long on this podcast, Jared. That was that was a thing of beauty. All right, question right number there. 3 then. No, no. I'm not I'm not going to go on about Anthony Simons. Jared's 100% right. He is a reason for optimism. Uh, mine was Jared started on this and then he veered away to I, I love that sidebar. Uh, I still can't get over it, um, but I'm going to go with, they still, they have Damian Lillard still right on their team. Last they we do. checked. One, yeah. Of yep. The best players in the league and one of the best leaders in the league. And they still have Terry Stotts as their coach, right? One of the best coaches in the league. So just those two together should give Blazers fans a sense of optimism that, you know, this is just a bump in the road every year. This happens. I'm, last year with the Nurkic injury, I remember doing that podcast. We talked about there's no way they're going to win a first-round playoff. Series. It was basically our season wrap. The season, the season like, is we over. Called it. Yeah. yeah, the season is over. And what they do? They found a way with the players they had to win games. And we've seen it in years past where they hit bumps in the road, and yet they just figure out different ways to win games. And they've made the playoffs six years in a row, yep. those two together. They've won a playoff series in three of those years. And so as long as you still have both of them, as a Blazers fan, you should have some comfort in that. And that should give you some optimism that they're going to find a way to work through this. It's just been a storm, mm. that an unexpected storm that's hit them over the last five days. And they're just trying to get everything settled r- right and then focus on moving forward. So as long as you have those two, that's reason for optimism.
0: Yeah, uh, to piggyback off of your answer, mine was big picture as well. It's seven games, guys. Right, yeah. like it's, <laughs> I know. That's it's, the, this is that's way too early. why it's so
2: hard, though, is because this is the sample size we have. Right. This is the season so far. Yeah, it's only seven games, but it's all we've seen.
3: Yeah, well, I also so-
1: knew that the beginning of this season was going to be really challenging, and then – all this other stuff piled on top of it, Mm -hmm. it shouldn't be that surprising where they're
0: at. Right. So I think it's way too early to panic about all of this. To Nate's point, like as a Blazers fan, you've seen this over and over and over again. I mean, you can go through – I mean, I just picked a couple of seasons. I was like, oh, 2015-2016. They started the year 4-9. They had a seven-game losing streak. Mm -hmm. The next year, they go 13-20 and to start the year. They lose 10 out of 11. Like, these are things that happen with the Blazers, unfortunately. You have to live through these storms and just happen to be, uh, you know, injuries on top of a bunch of new guys on the team. But seven games in, let's not panic, everybody.
2: With that said – I think the expectations for fans should be tempered a little bit because the team openly talked about that their goal this year was to get to the NBA Finals Mm -hmm. and win a championship. Like with the roster they have right now, that's that's, not possible. That's not possible with the guys they're currently putting out there on the floor. So the expectations need to change a little bit to let's stay in playoff contention, stay in the playoff hunt so that come April, Maybe you have Zach Collins back and he is ready to play, ready to go. Yusuf Nurkic, maybe he has a month under his belt and is now playing great ball for the Blazers. You have the trade deadline to possibly add different pieces. Just weather the storm. It's mm-hmm. going to be, it could potentially be a very long storm. Yep. But the focus should be keeping in that playoff race, and so that you, if you do make the postseason, you're at full strength in April and you can be a threat to win a series.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm not one uh, against that mentality yeah. right now. Uh, Let's see what happens. We talked before the season about
1: trusting this team, finally. After Mm -hmm. doubting them for the past few years, they still deserve our trust. Damian Lillard and Terry Stotts still deserve our trust, so... Don't get too down just because they lost to a weird Warriors team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, G League. Uh, yeah. Santa Cruz Warriors. <laughs> weird was not the right attitude. <laughs> but, but
0: Jared is moving on. He's, yeah, he's, he's getting through this, man. <laughs> All right, number three. You know what time it is. Let's make some predictions here, guys. We've got five games between now and the next podcast. Uh, they play at the LA Clippers tonight, who are 5-3 and three. They're at home against the Brooklyn Nets on Friday and Atlanta Hawks on Sunday. They're at the Sacramento Kings on Tuesday and then home against the (laughs) Toronto Raptors on Wednesday. Talk about a busy week for the Blazers. So the question... Which games did the Blazers win? Which games did the Blazers lose?
2: So we're going to go through these kind of quickly yep. so we can get to our listener questions. Just so people know, our season predictions record. I just want everyone to know this. <laughs> for, you're going to find out in five seconds. Jared and Orlando are 4-3 and three in game picks this year. Sucks to be you guys. Hey, we're above 500. You are above 500. <laughs> You're doing better than the Blazers. I'm 5-2 I'm and two leading the way here, guys. So I am now the hunted in this season predictions race. And I've gone predictable the first two weeks. The Blazers are a complete wild card right now. So I'm going to continue to be predictable. <laughs> and I'm going to say they go three and two. They lose to the Clippers to start this stretch of five. They lose on the tail end of it to the Raptors. And they beat the Nets, Hawks, and Kings in between. They go three and two.
0: Nate has learned from his years and years of losing <laughs> at this thing. Ooh, I to won not the first take any year, risks. my friend. He's I in it for the win. Yeah, he yeah. really is. I'm all
2: business this year.
0: I'll make it simple. I have the same exact picks. Blazers oh. go three and two this week.
2: All right, I'm
1: going to go a little less simple. Clippers, good team on the road. That's a loss.
2: Oh, yeah. I, I thought he was setting up to say it would be very Blazers-esque for it them would to be. beat the Clippers, mm-hmm. though, tonight. Yeah.
1: I wanted just for the shock value, but I can't. Oh. <laughs> I think the Nets game will be close, but it's at home, so that's a win. The Hawks, 28th in offense, no John Collins suspension, so that's a win. The Kings, they're still bad on offense. They're still bad on defense. That's a win. And the Raptors, Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard left, but they're still a good team. They're ranked 8th in offense, 13th in defense. But I'm going to give the Blazers the win. Ooh, that Jared. home court advantage has to start working for them at some point.
2: Jared, <laughs> optimism. That's I like what, it. That's, that may be even more optimism than you brought in question too. You say they're going to be 4-1. and one. I do. So we're going to be in a week. Jared this is thinks-
1: one stretch of games where yeah. they could actually – Get back on track because shortly after this they've got a six game road trip coming so, up.
2: So you're saying in a week we're gonna have a completely different tone to the podcast oh, I don't know. than the one we had today.
1: Uh, yeah, if it goes the way I predicted, but yeah. I don't know. I mean uh, <laughs> Four Game win streak. I was very wrong four, last week. Four we'll game change win our stream. tone. Yeah, it would Man, definitely
3: I want some listener questions.
2: All right. Let's get to it.
0: You got mail.
3: <laughs> Whoa, where'd
2: that come from?
3: We got mail, guys. All right. Uh, First off, thanks to everyone who submitted a question on Twitter and Facebook. We put the call out earlier in the week, and it was a great response. So hopefully we can keep this up uh, throughout the season. And let's get to the questions right now. First one from Labby340 asks, Do you guys think a big-time trade is coming at the deadline? Greetings from Germany. Love the pod. We love you, too.
2: Shout out to Germany. That That's is some awesome. dedication right You guys there. are international. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Uh, so,
3: big-time trade at the deadline?
2: Yes.
1: I think so, yeah. yeah. They, they have the pieces. They have the need. Yeah, why not?
2: Yeah, whether the season goes south or con- whether the season is continues to go well for them or if it goes south, either way, I think they'll make a move because they have the assets, too.
0: And they've put themselves in position yeah. to have that as a possibility. And because there are good power forwards who are going to be on the
1: market.
3: Next, uh, from Marvin Iverson, will Whiteside finish the season as a trailblazer? Even though he's put up good stats, for some reason I don't like him. Bad bad screens, no (laughs) no box out for rebounds,
1: looks lazy. Is Marvin Iverson a Heat fan?
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, we love that
1: question. There are
0: a lot of bitter Heat fans out there, by the way.
2: But, I mean, it's not all wrong. No, it's not not all wrong at at all. There's some fact to that. so the question was, will he end the season as a Trailblazer? Uh, I'm gonna say no, because of the fact that we just talked about, we think they'll make a move at the deadline. Whiteside will probably be a centerpiece of that
3: expiring contract. Yeah, yeah, a big
1: expiring contract. I agree. I think that as I think, Yusuf Nurkic is probably going to come back in time for them to deal Whiteside at the deadline and let Nurkic move into the starting lineup. Good point.
3: Next, Charles A. Smith Jr. asks, why are we so undersized and without a leader? Oh, whoa. Charles! <laughs> Charles! Now,
1: Charles is actually uh, my good buddy from grad school. Oh, so you you, you take this on? You yeah, this Charles, is all you, up. man. Yeah. Charles, you're awesome, but what are you doing, man? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes.
1: No, no leader. Damian Lillard is the best leader in the NBA. Um, as far as being undersized, one because of injuries. Also, this offseason, the Blazers front office. They targeted shooting in the offseason instead of size at the wing position. So that's the reason they're undersized, those two things.
2: And they're not just a real quick, they're not totally undersized. Like Tolliver, Hood, and Hazonia are all 6'8". So it's not like they're playing a bunch of 6'5 guys out there next to Whiteside. They do have some size, but injury is, I think, the bigger point. Yeah.
3: (laughs) All right, next, this is from our friends over at Pinwheel Empire. All right. Shout out to them. What needs to happen for CJ to be an all-star
0: this season? We've talked about this a lot, guys. Wins. Win, yep. baby. Yep. It's yep. that simple. If you're on a winning team, you're going to have more opportunities to be seen. Those numbers should go up if you're on that winning team because he is contributing. I think it comes down to Ws.
2: Orlando's 100% right. And the opportunity now is in front of them because they have all these injuries. Like if the Blazers do start winning mm-hmm. and start you know, climbing the ladder in the Western Conference, and CJ is one of the main reasons for that that's only going to help him potentially build an all-star type resume.
0: I think that's why you and I were on the, the Steph Curry for MVP train yeah. was because we thought he was going to get so many opportunities like that yeah. and lead these teams to wins.
1: There are also some spots that might come open if, if CJ's in position to be an all-star. Steph Curry's not going to be in the all-star game this year. That's a good point. There are some good players that came over from the East that are gonna, you know, occupy all star spots, but there Doncic. might be a better opportunity for CJ if the Blazers they have to be top two, top three in the West yeah. mm-hmm. um, for him to have a shot.
3: Yeah, it's gotta start with a four and one week like Jared. We've got to start there. Not, no, five and oh. Don't even settle for four and <laughs> one. Five and oh the winning tonight.
0: Yeah, it's on TNT, man. Yeah. Like national Kawhi. audience Kawhi.
3: Uh, next question also from Pinwheel Empire. Who is this season's whipping boy?
2: Oh man, this is a,
3: this is should fun. we all answer in unison? Do,
2: think, are we all going to have the same answer? Let's
0: try it. I have One, no idea. One,
1: two, three. That's on Whiteside.
0: <laughs> we all have different answers. No way. <laughs> Wait, who is Nate's answer? I said CJ. Oh, okay.
3: Wow. Okay. Yeah. And Orlando, you said Whiteside. I did. And yep. you said Anthony Tolliver. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've
1: already seen it with Tolliver. Like, yeah. after mm-hmm. every loss, the... The vitriol against Tolliver on Twitter is is <laughs> I, off the charts. I love Jared's confidence. we <laughs>
2: were all going to say the <laughs> same thing. That was amazing. We're all different. <laughs> like, Shout out to Pinwell Empire because yeah. that was a great question. <laughs> yeah.
0: We could even turn that into a discussion at some point later in the year. Yeah, just some
2: different terminology
1: for the question.
3: <laughs> so
2: Tolliver,
1: Whiteside, and CJ. Yeah. interesting. <laughs> There's
2: your three
3: choices. <laughs> Uh, next question comes from our old friend Matthew and Nate's biggest yeah. fan Reverend His Romulus, a big friend of mine. Of oh yeah, championship yes. last year. Yes. Remember that? Yeah, yep. shout out, there. Matthew. We still love you and your kids. I uh, think this is a really good question too. Matthew asks: With the dwindling center and power forward rotation, would you rather have Scal or Ant have a breakout season?
2: Uh, can the answer be both? Because <laughs> honestly, that is a great question. The honest, like if I had to choose between one. I'd honestly rather see it from Scal just because I'm very confident that Anthony Simons, whether he gets the minutes this year or not, will be a very good player. Scal right now, since he's playing well, I would like to see him continue to build confidence that he belongs in this league and belongs to be in the rotation every night. Honestly, though, depending on how the season goes, they could both be in for breakout seasons and their minutes could climb this year. Mm -hmm.
0: Just based on needs and all of the things that Jared mentioned earlier in the pod – I've got to go with Scal on this one.
1: I'm actually going to go with Ant. Um, I, th- I still think the Blazers can shore up that center and power forward spot via trades in the next month or so. But I think if you have a high volume scorer off the bench like Ant, that can be really important to the Blazers' success because they can have a successful or, or, or a good bench, which is really important. And also, if Ant breaks out, that allows Stotts to then play Dame and CJ less, theoretically. Yeah. And that can be really important, especially in the playoffs.
0: Good point. That's a good question. Next question
3: from Josh. It's pretty simple. Did they forget how to play defense? (laughs) Coming straight at you on this one. Uh, No. No. (laughs) They they didn't forget
2: how to play defense. It's a a new group together. Injuries have certainly played a part, but just the fact you have so many guys together, they all need to be on the same page, and all the things Jared hit on earlier, they're not doing the little things necessary in order to limit opponents getting buckets. Yeah, we're all set. I'm going to
1: say overall, no. Against the Warriors, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: fair enough. Fair enough. Next question from Anthony Pompey. At what point does Ant become a better Ooh. option at the two than CJ? So we're going there already. We are. Uh,
2: <laughs> I We've talked privately about this, how long it would take for this question to start appearing if things went bad for the Blazers, and apparently it took two weeks. Uh,
0: <laughs> I thought this was you that sent no, this that is, message. <laughs> no, this is Anthony Pompey. This reeks not my burner Twitter of Nate Hanson. This, this is Mr. Pompey. <laughs> uh,
2: this is a hard question to answer. When does he become – not this season. He doesn't ever become a better option at two than CJ. Uh Somewhere down the road, potentially, but not this year, despite the incredible stat Jared brought out in his Anthony Simons monologue.
1: (laughs) I agree, because I think that Ant has to prove it for at least a full season. Yeah, And if he ever does become a better option than CJ, that's not a rip on CJ. No, That would just mean that Simons has emerged as an undeniable elite talent, and you can't keep him off the court.
0: This feels like a rip on CJ. It definitely It does. It is. Yeah. I, I think oh, 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 it's it does. definitely
2: a shot at CJ. And Another thing I want to add is right now with Simon's role, I really like what I'd like to see him get more minutes, but I mean basically all they're putting on his shoulders is you go out there and score for us right. and you compete on defense, do your best. Yeah. And so he doesn't have a ton of responsibilities right now. And so I kind of like the role he's in right now.
0: Hey, appreciate you Anthony. Keep them coming, man. Yeah.
3: Next question from Jordan Land. How much do you think Olshay was overselling this roster, given the obvious holes in the front court and out-of-position players on the wings in bays and hood? Also, what are your thoughts on bringing in new faces that aren't used to playing winning basketball?
1: I'd like to go on this one. Go for it. Um, That's just, that's what Neil Olshay does. Um, And I actually think he believes what he's pitching. I think that he believes that he put together a championship roster this offseason. The Blazers have holes in their front front court because of injuries. This roster was always a big injury risk because of the lack of front court depth. I don't think any of us for, you know, saw it ahead of time that Zach Collins was going to get hurt and miss four months of the season or more. But that's what's happened. Uh, as far as other sides, I mean, Bays and Hood, I think they're fine. Throughout their career, they both played the wing. They both swung between the two and three. Hood has the size, he's 6'8", to play the four in a small ball lineup. And as the winning basketball question, uh, Kent Baysmore played on a 60-win Hawks team. Hassan Whiteside played on a 48-win Heat team. Rodney Hood played on winning Jazz teams and a Cavs team that went to the finals. Paul Gasol is a two-time champion. He's played on a lot of winning teams. Mario Hazonia, he's only played on bad teams. But I think overall, if you look at the players Neil O'Shea brought in this offseason, it was mostly players who have winning pedigrees.
0: That's like, what O'Shea sold us on, was yeah. experience. Like That was one of the, the big selling points on all of this. and. It's Shea's job to pump them up. Yeah. Right, it, absolutely. It's
2: his job to pump them up, and he did oversell on their depth, which all of us yeah. said throughout the preseason. We had to see it before we believed it. He talked about this was the deepest team they've ever had, and I think we're seeing at least in the early part of this season that's not true.
3: Right. Next question from Justin L. Thomas on Facebook. What's the timeline for our bigs to actually play? Mm. Gasol, Whiteside, Nurk. Well, Whiteside is back, he's and he's back okay.
2: He's back now. Uh, Gasol, I mean, this is all pure speculation, but I guess another month.
1: Um, the Blazers aren't saying much right now. He is ramping up his workouts. Yeah. I think his return could be the next week or two. Okay. I, I don't think know. think that's fair. The Blazers aren't saying anything, but yeah. with how much he's ramping up his workouts, I think that it's sooner than, than later.
0: My first reaction was, was that as well, like a couple of weeks, just based on even as – Like you said, this is pure speculation, but like seeing the fact that he's out there on the court doing basketball stuff uh, through the Blazers PR stuff and uh, through social media and seeing him actually on the court, I think is a positive sign that you're going to see him sooner rather than later. And
1: doing more than just shooting around. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's making basketball moves.
2: And as far as Nurk goes, I think February is kind of that timeline, right, for Nurk around the trade deadline, the all-star break that he comes back.
1: February 21st against the Pelicans, that's the first game against the all-star break. I think that's a good –
2: is that here good in Portland? Prediction. Is that here in Portland, do you know? Or is that I don't New know. Orleans? If it's that's here in Portland, question. go get your ticket that for that game. game. Is going Welcome to be them crazy, back. Man. It is here in Portland, go it get is. a ticket for that game right now. Welcome the big man back, February twenty first. Against Zion it. Williamson. You heard oh. it here, first. <laughs> <laughs> Nurk V oh, Zion. You know he's not gonna <laughs> let Zion dunk on him. <laughs> oh man, now we're talking. <laughs> uh
3: that's it for the questions. Thanks to everyone for submitting one. And we want to hear more. Jared, um how can people submit their questions? Yeah,
1: if you want to get your questions in in the next week for next week's podcast, we just started a brand new KGW 3-on-3 three three Blazers email. So email us at 3on3blazers three three at gmail.com. The 3-on-3 three three Blazers is the numeral 3 on numeral 3 and Blazers, no uppercase or anything like that. So
3: And no hyphens, right? No
1: hyphens. Yeah. And then we'll, uh, next week, you know, a day or so before we record, we'll put out uh, feelers on Twitter to see if we can get more More questions from you guys. It's great. We love it.
0: Woo, mama, we made it. We have our (laughs) own email address. There we go. Yes, but seriously, shout out to everybody who who reached out and put together some really good questions and thoughtful stuff and responded. It's awesome. It helps us, uh, motivates us, and gives us an idea of, of where everything's going.
3: And now it's about that time. Great to be back with another week of Rip It. Your favorite player's favorite game. Ooh. <laughs> last week, Nate and Orlando tied.
2: With you, Max. We all well, ended up with two pushes. We had
3: a couple a of point, pushes. Those yeah. were some epic pushes. They were. Do, you know,
1: do you know how much a tie counts?
2: Zero.
3: Oh, so Ooh. I'm still in the oh. running, guys. Oh, here's,
2: that's a lot of talk <laughs> from someone who got one right last week. Uh, hmm. you, you got two right, Nate.
3: Yeah, that's double
2: one. <laughs> that is true.
3: But will we crown our first champion of the season this week? Yes. Mm. I hope so. Let's Building find out one. how you did last week. Here we go.
2: Man, the injuries, they're happy. I so <laughs> around. This is going to be a these.
3: hot mess. <laughs> Get ready for a wild ride. Yeah. Here we go. Oof. Blazers at Thunder. The question was, which player will score the most points? CJ, Gallinari, or Shea Gilgis-Alexander? Oh. All three of you went with CJ, and you were all correct. Yeah, time right. Way job, to everyone. go. What a way Very to nice. start. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 22 points for CJ, got it done. Gallinari with 15, SGA with 13. We are all very smart. Mm. Way to go, guys. And now we move to the infamous Philly loss. First question here, which team will shoot a better three-point percentage? Oh, crap. Jared and Orlando went with the Blazers, the home team. Nate, you you went uh, hard on Philly this week, and you, you picked the Sixers. I did. Jared called it a bad pick. (laughs) oh i think
2: he may honestly i think you're right jared i think that ended up being a bad pick for me but we'll find out
3: uh Jared was right. Oh, (laughs) no. Well done, Jared. Thank you. The the Blazers uh, shot 55% from three. The Sixers down to 33%. It's really sad when you
1: lose a game when you shoot 55% Mm -hmm. from three.
2: You know why you're right so often right now with Rip It, even though you answered these questions last week? It's because you're finally on the Anthony Simons band. (laughs) Good Parma (laughs) is now gracing you. That explains it. Hey, I'll take it. Next question.
3: (laughs) Same game. More rebounds, and bead or Whiteside. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> You're a genius oh, for this man. one, Max. How did you know You're this? a genius, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jared, for the record, Jared at Orlando went with Whiteside, <laughs> which would have been a great pick oh. because that night Embiid got into a fight with Carl anthony Towns, got suspended, so he was out. We're feeling I good about that pick. We're feeling good. But smart. then Whiteside had the bone bruise, yeah. so he sat out. DNP. <laughs> oh, I was so This, this upset may be about the best one. push of the season thus far. Yeah. <laughs> so. Zero, zero. Zero, zero. Nobody gets that Ooh. one. We move on to the Warriors game question was, who will make the most three-pointers? Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, or D'Angelo Russell? Oh, yes. The only one of
2: them played. Nate (laughs) is celebrating
3: because he picked Damian Lillard. Yeah, baby. And he was the only one of the three who played. Oh, yes. We're back in it. Jared and Orlando both picked Steph Curry. I believe that night or soon after, he broke his hand. Mm. Yeah. Get well soon, Steph. So we're all tied at two right now, right? Mm. I think it's
1: 1-1-1.
3: No, everybody tied it too. Everyone's, because oh. we all got the first one right. Oh, okay. Yeah, comes okay. down to the wild card question Ugh. of the week, We're all th- oh, which man. was, Come which on. opponent, Thunder, 76ers, or Warriors, will score the most points oh, against flat. the Blazers? Oh, man.
2: Who did score the
3: most? Jared and Orlando went with the Warriors. Oh, no. Right. Oh, no. Nate That's was right. all in on Philly. Oh, went with the no. Sixers. Philly scored a lot, but mm-hmm. I think the Warriors scored more. The Thunder, they only scored 102. So let's get out of here, let's Thunder. get them out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> this came down to two points. Oh, oh my no! Gosh. No! Oh, oh, I'm nervous. Oh. Oh, the Warriors put up 127. Oh no! Oh against yes! The oh no. Oh yes! The Sixers 129.
0: 129. Oh, Whoa. which means oh, that hurt, that shot hurts even oh, more today. Oh, oh man! Nate oh. Hansen has
3: won. A Rip It title. Congratulations to Nate. Good job. Dude. Wow.
0: These really are the dark days of Rip City, man. Dude, that I, was really Oh,
3: I remember I told you guys before the season,
2: my goal was to win Rip It for the season on the podcast, and now I'm one step closer to
3: completing that goal.
1: I'm I sick, Earlier, I, I think I said that it's not time to panic. Now it is.
3: Oh, oh <laughs> man. A, this is a big week for Matthew and his kids. He gets yes. a question read on the podcast, <laughs> oh, and man. Nate wins Rip That's It. Right.
2: <laughs> wow. What a shout-out. I love it. I love
3: it. Okay. (sighs) Last week is over. This week starts right now. Let's get through it. We've got five games between now and next week, so the wild card question is taking the week off for load management. (laughs) (laughs) We'll start with tonight's game, Blazers at Clippers, over under 28.5 points for Kawhi Leonard in this game.
1: Mm.
3: Let's start with Jared.
1: I'm going to go over because he's (laughs) coming
3: off of uh, load management. Orlando, what do you think? I'll take an over. Nate, uh, yeah, the Blazers
2: can't defend anyone right now. Let's go with <laughs> over. Okay,
3: Blazers versus Nets, more points. Damian Lillard or Kyrie Irving? Oh, I love man. it. This is I love it. It's going to be this a duel. Is... And who do you like, Nate?
2: I'm gonna go with Kyrie. He's been putting up some some games so far. They lose most of them, but he's been putting up some games so Dame far. Dame
1: is third in the NBA in scoring, and Kyrie's second, right? They
3: both are averaging 31.
2: Oh, okay. wow. So I'm going Kyrie.
3: Orlando?
0: Well, ba- I'm going against Nate. Uh, oh, Dame. no! Dame.
2: <laughs> I still, I'm the only one with the rip it belt, and you still can't go
3: I can't way. do it, man.
1: I can't do it. Jared, what do you think? Give me Lillard at home.
3: Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. Blazers versus Hawks. Which team will attempt more three-pointers?
2: Oh, man. They have... Trey young will put up what like are the
1: 15. hawks averaging do you have that
3: uh, i don't have the exact number but they are cl- the two teams are close that's what right, hence see. the question orlando what do you think
0: let's go with the hawks
3: all right jared
1: i'll go with the blazers
3: I'm gonna go the opposite of Orlando.
2: Let's go with the Blazers. (laughs) Okay. Can't go go with that loser over there. All right. Also, just want to point this out. We had the three point question last week, and the Blazers' three point attempts and makes have been way up since Mm. we had that question last week.
0: They're listening to Jared. Speaking it into into existence last
3: week, yeah. All right, Blazers at Kings. Who will make the most three pointers? Rodney Hood. Oh. Rodney Hood. (laughs) Bogdan Bogdanovich. Oh, Or Anthony Simons. Oh no! He's got to get minutes. Oh no! This is this is easy. They're playing
2: the Kings. It's Anthony Simons.
1: They're playing the Kings. This is easy. I can't be on the Anthony Simons bandwagon and pick one of those other bozos. It's Simons. It's
2: the only time he's ever gonna call Rodney Hood a bozo. (laughs) Oh Oh, man! Sorry, Rodney. I thought the other two
0: were kings. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Anthony's confidence is like. Through the roof against Sacramento. <laughs> like, he is untouchable. Yeah. Just for the sake of rip it, man, I'll take Rodney Hood. <laughs> All right. Let's have some fun.
3: All right. Let's do it. Final question. Blazers versus Raptors. Who will score the most points? Fred Van Vliet, Serge Ibaka, or Hassan Whiteside?
2: Man, I'm trying to think if he'll get played off the court in that game or not. I don't think, I don't think he will.
1: Who do the Raptors have at center?
0: Well, Gasol
3: starts Gasol. for them. Oh yeah. Buddy Baca plays a lot. Ibaka.
1: that's a tough guard for him. Oh yeah. I'm gonna go with uh, Fred Van Vliet. All
0: right, Nate.
2: I'm gonna go Whiteside.
0: Hold on. I've got to agree with Nate. Let's go. Oh, white side. that's oh. how we finish it. What a <laughs> way to do it. All right. I we'll can't. F- I we'll can't find gamble on too many of these. Yeah. <laughs> how you did next week? All right.
2: Wow, guys. I'm.
3: Let them know where they can find you on Twitter, guys. You can find me at Jared Cowley.
2: Uh, at Enhance underscore KGW. I should add Rip It Champion to my Twitter bio. I By think you week, should, man. I will go and do
0: that. After this podcast. <laughs> I'm at Orlando KGW.
3: And uh, you can find me at Max and Barr. And again, send us those questions for the pod.
1: Guys and girls, please subscribe to 3 on 3 Blazers on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. If you are on Apple Podcasts, please take a moment. It only takes a second to rate the podcast. Give us all your five-star reviews. We want all of them. If you want to write a review and tell us what you think of the podcast, we would love to hear from you. And if you have friends or family who love the Blazers, spread the word. Tell them about 3on3Blazers. We want to grow this family.
0: Even if you hate the Blazers, <laughs> give us yeah. those comments and you five-star can hate, reviews. You can hate, listen. <laughs> please, we invite you haters. Come along for the ride. Appreciate y'all tuning in. Thanks for the questions. We'll see you right back here next week.